Opinionated Sports with Sam Knight. Captivating opinions and engaging discussions on the latest news and events. Hey, hey, what's going on, everyone? Super Bowl weekend. I'm just beyond fired up. I know everyone else is. I mean, it's Super Bowl weekend. How could you not be fired up if you're not? Definitely not American, but hey, that's all right because we love everyone over here at Opinionated Sports. So it's a pleasure for me today. Good friend of mine, Sam Slappy, is joining us from sidelinewarningsports.com. You can find him on Twitter at Slap and Slide. That's L A P N Slide. And also, they have the Twitter page at S underscore W underscore Sports, of course, for Sideline Warning Sports and a Facebook page. Check them out, guys. They're really bringing a lot of great material to the table. I've really been enjoying all the stuff they've been putting out. Really looking forward to where they're going in the future, and we are thrilled to have Sam here. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the show today. Sam, how are we doing today, man? Doing great, man. How are you? Doing good, man. Always always a pleasure when a buddy gets to join the show. So, um... You know, signing day, a big day as always. A lot of people say that national championship teams are really made on, on that day. And yet, uh, two days ago, it really had a lot of surprises and a lot of not-so-surprising things happened. Do you have any major takeaways? Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, over here at Georgia, we had, a, we, had a, we had a big signing day early and then ended up not being quite as good for us. Mm. Uh, we're still waiting on Demetrius Robertson, of course. Um, yep. And I think that might bump us up a little bit. Uh, we're at 10 right now in rivals. Uh, I thought it was weird that both rivals and uh, ESPN had LSU down a little bit lower when they signed, I want to say, 23 ESPN 300 kids um, and eight or nine uh, ESPN 100 kids. Uh, I thought they had a really, really good day, and they kept like nine of the top ten in-state kids. Also, right, yeah, that that is really, really weird. And I was wondering the same thing. I wasn't really sure what the deal with that was, but uh, you know, I'll tell you, I saw a stat yesterday talking about things that weren't that surprising that really just blew my mind. Of course, a lot of uh, it depends where you look, but a lot of places are having Alabama at number one. And you know, not that not surprising. But as I was looking into it last year, uh, obviously national championship winning team, Alabama had a five star athlete at every single position. I mean that that's really really hard to hard to even comprehend the fact that they had a five star athlete at every single position. So then they lose two in the off season, uh, and then get three through signing day. So it's just like they don't really get worse; they just reload. I mean, I I guess that Alabama has to be the favorite going into next year, right? Yeah, I mean. They've got to be the favorite until Nick Saban retires, I would think. <laughs> um, I mean, it rivals, I think, they actually had Alabama with five five-stars. So even wow. even more ridiculous. Wow. First of all, five five-stars in a class is just insane. Um, but, yeah, with with what Saban's doing over there, man, it's really hard to, hard to pick anybody else as the favorite going into a season. Um, Harbaugh, is, Harbaugh is great at Michigan, and hopefully – He'll have that program running, you know, pretty soon. People are saying that Michigan might be the team to beat in the Big Ten this year, but I don't see it. I don't see how you can uh, take anyone over Ohio State right, until yeah. they really prove it, you know, year in and year out. 
Yeah, no, no doubt about that. In my mind, Ohio State's the team to beat in the Big Ten, and they're really the only team in my mind outside of the SEC. Well, of course, Clemson. That's a real threat to, to win the national championship. But with that being said, Michigan's clearly on the rise. They were much better last year, had a great signing class. Jim Harbaugh was doing great things. So I really think that uh, that Michigan, you know, they might be a really, really big team to worry about here soon. I, it'll be fun to watch for sure. And going back to Alabama real quick, I also saw they have – I believe it's nine, either four or five star signees that are, you know, committed for the 2019 class. So I mean, it's just unbelievable. It just never stops. And I mean, until, like you said, until Saban's gone, I don't, I don't really see much changing. But uh, you know, going around the SEC a little bit, Ole Miss, you know, they're definitely on the rise. They had a fantastic recruiting day, and and they're doing a great job over there. Assuming that they don't get in trouble with all these allegations, they're doing a fantastic job over there of really building a solid team. And I think they might be a team that people are going to have to worry about here soon. And Sam, I definitely want to get your opinion on this, but let's go ahead and take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Opinionated Sports is brought to you by you. That's right. Without you listening, there would be no great content. There would be no awesome guests. And I appreciate it more than you could ever imagine. If you enjoy what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, leave a quick review, and connect with us at the Opinionated Sports page on Facebook. Leave your comments, feedbacks, and thoughts, and I'd love to connect with a lot of you, hear what you have to say, and I'm really looking forward to these coming months because we have a lot of awesome, awesome content coming for you. So with that being said, let's get back into it. Welcome back, everyone. And Sam, we left off where we were talking about Ole Miss' fantastic recruiting class, and I wanted to get your takes on that. Ole Miss is playing with the big boys right now, yep. and if you don't recognize that, I don't think that this signing class, this recruiting class, changes anything. I mean, I think I don't think Ole Miss this year will be quite as good as they were last year. Um, yeah, because definitely. when you lose a guy, you lose a guy like Kendichi and Treadwell and, and uh, you lose Tunsil. You know, they're going to be starting probably three freshmen on their offensive line. Um, it's tough to do it in the SEC. No doubt. And I don't think people realize how loaded Ole Miss was this year. I know they are going to have at least three first-round picks in the NFL draft, which is pretty much unheard of, besides Ohio State or something like that. So, I mean, they definitely, like you said, really, really good team this past year. Treble is such a stud. I, I've heard people compare him to Amari Cooper, which – you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with a whole lot, but I mean, the fact that he's getting those high accolades just tells you the kind of athletes they have. You know, obviously they have other guys that are just absolute studs too. So Ole Miss doing some big things. You know, something that was pretty cool was Texas. They um seen the two weeks prior to signing day were really fighting for a top forty recruiting class, and then they jump. I think it was like thirty three slots and end up with the eleven recruiting class overall, at least according to whichever rankings you're looking at. And, uh, you know, I thought that was good for them. I think Charlie Strong, I think he's a good head coach. I think he's a good dude. So I like – and I think college football is better when more teams are good besides just teams in the SEC. You know, when, when USC is good, when Texas is good, when Ohio State's good, I just think it's better for college football as a whole. Um, what did you think about Texas? You know, it was funny. There was, a point, there was a point in the signing day where it felt like every defensive tackle in the country was committing to Texas. <laughs> it was like every – Every two seconds, you'd have another guy, uh, another four-star defensive tackle from wherever in the country, you know, Louisiana, yeah. <laughs> committed to Texas. Um, and so they're going to be great on the defensive line. Uh, and they got a couple of DNs, really, really a good defensive class. We'll see how they are on the offensive side. They need to improve that line. Um, you know, they're, they're a couple of years away, man. But 
that's a great start. It's a great start. No doubt. No doubt about that. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can write that ship and get things going down there because that's a, obviously a storied program. And I'm sure they'll get it back. It might just take some time. Going down to Florida, you know, Florida State quietly just doing their thing. It's like people kind of forget about them and, and they're just always there. They're always relevant. Obviously, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They've won a couple national championships recently. I think that might be a team that, that I don't know if it really should surprise anyone if they're really good, but I think it might surprise some people if they're pretty good. <clears throat> I think that yeah. Uh, I was going to tell. Go ahead. I was going to tell you. I was going to tell you when you uh, were listing teams outside the SEC um, that might that might have a chance this year. FSU Twitter might destroy you, man. <laughs> there's no kidding about Not that. Including them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That no. There's no doubt. FSU knows what they're doing down there, and I, I'm really excited. They got some stud athletes. They got obviously a fantastic coach. Just another really really good program. And then going over to Gainesville, the Gators had a pretty good class as well. But I'm I'm just not sure where I'm at on Florida. Really, do you think they got the the pieces needed to to take it to that next step, or do you think they still have a little ways to go? You know, this year this year Florida was a lot better because because Muschamp had set up a defense, right? Had right. set up a, a bunch of kids that were really good at playing defense, and then they brought in a coach that can actually coach offense a little bit. Um, they still struggled on offense because. It's his first year establishing assists and all that. Um, but I think that they really could be pretty good in a couple of years. You know, you have that Florida pipeline. So you're always going to have the athletes. Um, and if you look at Muschamp's tenure, I think, I think even he had like, uh, 10 or 12 kids, maybe 10 kids, uh, go in the first couple rounds on offense. So he had the players there, you know, right. he just, did not have the philosophy that they needed to be successful offensively in the SEC. Definitely. So you're going to see how that works out in South Carolina too. So, <laughs> Sam, i got to ask you, being a Bulldog over there, what do you think about Jacob Easton? Obviously, everyone's excited. Is he going to be what Georgia needs to get over that hump and finally get to a national championship? You know, I don't, I don't like to predict national championships. Right, of course. Bulldogs. That's course. scary. But – uh, I mean, everything from his high school tapes says that this kid's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's put on about, I want to say, 20 pounds since he's been in Georgia, just kind of seeing him around. Uh, now, I don't know I don't know the quality of those 20 pounds, but he's got, gotten bigger. Right. Um, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully he's the real deal. You never know with these kids coming out of high school. I mean, he played it, he played up there in Washington and, a different level of football, Very you know, true. even from high school down here, and then stepping up to the SEC is a whole other yeah. thing. No but doubt. I'm excited. I think the kid definitely has an arm, and it looks like he makes good reads, so I'm excited for it. You know, when I first started hearing about him, I wasn't necessarily buying into the hype. I was like, he's going to come to Georgia. He's going to be 18 years old. How much of an impact is he really going to make? And then... I watched the tapes, and I'm like, wow, this dude right now, as a senior in high school, would be one of the best quarterbacks in college football, at least just based on arm strength, you know, the way he can get around. Just really, really seems to be a, just a complete stud. So it's going to be fun to watch him, watch Coach Kirby Smart. I, I think that some good things are coming George's way, and it'll definitely be fun to watch. And then going down the road a little bit to Auburn, they also had a good recruiting class. I think that that's a team that could potentially be really good this next year. They could never figure out their quarterback situation last year. 
And I think, obviously, that just really is what held them down the whole time. But you have Auburn. I think LSU is going to be, you know, we talked about them a little bit. They're going to be fantastic. So all around in college football, I feel like a lot of teams are getting better. And I think that this next season is going to be really, really fun to watch. I, I think I have to go right now with, you know, it's way, like you said, way too far in the future to predict. But if I had to pick right now, I've got to go Alabama and Clemson 1-2. and two, And then Ohio State's right up there with the both of them. So, you know, should be should be really, really fun to watch. I, I know... I know everyone's excited. I'm excited. So it's going to be fun to see what happens. But uh, moving on, of course, the Super Bowl Sunday is coming up this Sunday. And uh, one of my favorite days of the year. I think pretty much everyone's favorite day of the year. It's basically a holiday. And uh, what, are, what are your takes on this game? I mean, I, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. We have two teams that pretty much have dominated the entire year. And they've also kind of been considered the underdog in every game they played the entire year. You know, the, the Panthers went 15-1. and one, and then they were a one-and-a-half-point favorite against the Seahawks at home in the playoffs. The Broncos are never seen to be favored. The Patriots came into town, and the Patriots are favored. So really two teams that have played as underdogs the whole year but have won pretty much the entire year. So so what are you thinking about this game? Yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. The Panthers weren't a favorite really until the playoffs. I mean, I mean, there were some games played in the season, right. but those were kind of throwaway games yeah. anyway. Um I mean, they play in my Falcons and your Saints division, oh, yeah. so obviously we have a lot of a lot of experience there. Um, and everyone, including me, thought that that division was just going to be trash this year. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, kind of one of those, you know, like the year that Seattle won a division at seven and nine. It was going to be one of those years. Um, and so I thought the Falcons had a chance, uh, which you know we looked <laughs> awful. But yeah, uh, with with this game. With this game, I mean, I think, I think the Panthers got to be the favorite, and they are. If you look at the lines and stuff, they're, I think five and a half right now. Um, Panthers minus five and a half. Yeah. The thing is, it's not just a, it's not that the Panthers are a clearly better team. It's that their strengths just play so much away from Denver's right. strengths on right. offense and defense. You know, um, the thing about the Panthers is. Mike Shula runs just a really complex misdirection run game. Um, they'll do all kinds of jet sweeps, all kind of fake jet sweeps, and um, just weird protection schemes, uh, stuff like that. And so Vaughn Miller and DeMarcus Ware, who were on just another level in that yeah. championship game, insane. You know, just I don't ridiculous. think in the fourth quarter of that game, I don't think peak Orlando Pace could have parked could have blocked the Marcus Ware. That guy was just that was just insane, right? It's um, unbelievable. But, but if they can't pin their ears back and go after the quarterback because they're worried about this triple read option that the Panthers are going to run, you know, they'll throw that in. They'll throw in a lot of read option. And I think you'll see Cam carry the ball a lot more than he did in that Arizona game. Um, purely because, you know, they were ahead by 28. True. I think they might have just said. Very true. They might have just said, listen, we don't need you taking any hits at that point. Um, yeah, and and so you know then so then you got to ask how's Wade Phillips going to play it? I mean the guy's brilliant, um, great defensive coordinator. Uh, you look at that Patriots game; Brady got hit more than any other quarterback this year, and I think they blitzed Denver blitzed less than any Wade Phillips defense since like '07 when he was the coach of the Cow- head coach of the Cowboys. Wow, pretty crazy stat. That is, that is really um, crazy. So I mean. I don't know how you contain Cam, but I would say 
that his best bet is to just put seven in the box and then let the corners do their thing with Ginn um, and Funches and hope, hopefully, you know, you got two all-stars out there uh, in Tlaib and uh, Chris Harris Jr., and hopefully they can contain those guys for long enough. Panthers like to run a lot of uh, max protect, and so that's why Ginn gets open down the field so yeah. much. And so that's, it's tough to put your corners on an island with those guys, but if you're going to control the passing or control the running game and blitz those guys, that's what you got to do, I think. No doubt. And, you know, the thing is, I think if you're going to blitz, you you have to get to Cam. You cannot let him get outside the pocket and run around because that's when they create so many of these crazy plays is when the, the plays have been extended because they can't bring Cam down and he's moving around and these receivers are just kind of just running everywhere and getting open. And, you know, Cam's got such an absolute cannon. He can just throw off his back foot and hit him on, in stride. So it's just such a tough threat to deal with because you don't want him to run because he can run for days. He can run you over. He can outrun you. Or he can, you know, be agile, scramble around, hit a dude that's open once he finally breaks free. And it's just it's almost impossible to defend, really, if you think about it. But, you know, if there's any defense that's going to do it, it's this Denver defense because these guys are something serious. You know, Brady got hit 24 times, which I think was 10 more times than the Broncos had hit anyone the entire year. And, you know, he kept getting up like a warrior. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, they were just everywhere. They were all over them. It just seemed like Von Miller literally couldn't be stopped. They just could not be slowed down at all. So, fantastic matchup coming up. You know, I think there's a couple keys for Denver. Uh, I will say Peyton Manning looked way better against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game than he had really the entire year. You know, obviously not a good year. Nine interceptions, 17, or excuse me, nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions. And... I think he got some good rest that was able to help him out. I think he looked a little more mobile against the Patriots. And I think this two weeks of rest is really going to do him well. Um, if anyone needs the rest, it's Peyton for sure. And I just think he cannot have any turnovers in this game if they want to win. You know, I think if he has any turnovers, I just don't see the Panthers not winning. And, and that team's a turnover machine also. So, you know, that, definitely something to watch out for. But if Peyton can have a game like he did against the Patriots, throw two two touchdowns, no interceptions, just manage the game, maybe get a, maybe the Broncos get a couple of rushing touchdowns, then they have a chance. But in my mind, two different things can happen here. It's a close game. It's an ugly game kind of back and forth, you know, no one really breaking free, and the Broncos win, you know, just something 17-13, 17-14, uh, a real close, ugly game, or the Panthers just kind of break away and put it on them because once that Panthers offense gets rolling, it is tough to stop. I mean, with that running game, all the things you mentioned, I mean, it's a, it's a really, really, really good team. So what do you think about the Denver offense versus the Panthers defense matchup? Yeah, you know, that's the thing is is the Panthers' defense, they have holes, but again, the Broncos' strengths don't match up with those holes. Right. You know, they don't have a, a great edge rusher, right? They don't mm-hmm. have a great defense. They don't have a Von Miller. But that's okay because New England was, was able to, uh, you know, cause a lot of pr- pressure in the interior of the line. Um, and I think that's what the Panthers will do, too. They got two really good defensive tackles in Kawan Shore and Starla Tulele. Um, and so those guys will be up the middle. And then, you know, Peyton's touchdowns came uh, to Owen Daniels, with Owen Daniels, right? Right. And, you know, Jamie Collins is the guy who probably blows both of those coverages. And he's a really good player, but he's not on the same level as Carolina linebackers. And that's who's going to draw the assignment for Owen Daniels this, uh, this week. 
I don't really think that's going to go well for Owen Daniels. No, I don't, I don't know how that's going to go for him. But, you know, all in all, you know, and I was thinking when I was doing some research yesterday, you know, Cam has been in the spotlight, like major spotlight, many times in his life, but like major, major a couple times. And he won a high school national championship, won a JUCO national championship, won a college football national championship, and then just won the NFC championship, really balled out in every single game. You know, doesn't it's definitely not a guy that will, you know, cr- like bow down to pressure. He he definitely steps up in the big time. So, you know, I really don't see him not stepping up here and doing really well. Obviously, this is going to be the best uh, challenge that he's faced the entire year. There's no doubt about that. But this is a guy that really performs in the prime time, and um, I think he might be ready to to make his case for one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Obviously, he's already done that, but he needs to win a Super Bowl before he can really claim that. And he would be the first person, assuming he had a great game and they won, to win the regular season MVP and Super Bowl MVP, which would be pretty cool. Do you uh, do you think Cam's going to step up and do it, or what do you think is going to happen? You know, I'm a huge Peyton fan. Nothing against Cam. Um, so I want Denver to win. Right. I don't see it happening. If we're gonna if we're gonna figure out Denver's path to win, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a return touchdown. Um, if they can get ahead early, and they can force Carolina into those passing downs, then I think they have a shot. Um, but I say I do think Cam should be standing on that podium. I think there's a good chance of that. Very good chance of that. Yeah, I think so too. But, you know, I would love to see Peyton go out with a W in his last – well, I think it's going to be his last game. I just can't imagine physically he's going to, even if he wants to, going to be able to play much more. I've been reading articles about how, you know, it takes him 30 minutes to take off his pads after the game because he's in so much pain. Do you think this is it for Peyton? This is his final game? Or if they lose, is there a chance he comes back? And it plays at least, you know, there's been rumors with the L.A. Rams or with certain teams. What do you think about that? You know, I already published my – Peyton Manning uh, retirement article, so I think he's done. Yep. Um, but we'll see. The L.A. Rams thing just wouldn't make any sense to me. That's not a good football team. Um, I mean, they have some good players, but they're, Peyton Manning is not what makes that team right. a contender. There's no yeah. doubt about that. You know, I think if you draft, if you were having a draft of the best players in the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning, I don't even know if he'd be in the first 15, 20 players. So, you know, you're right. Definitely not a not a huge factor, but he's going to have to play well for them to win. So, Sam, time for a little fun here. You know, there's some crazy, crazy bets in the Super Bowl. Um, really, anything goes. And I want to get your take on, on a couple of them. So, um, first one i got to ask is, will Peyton Manning be seen crying at any point during the entire broadcast? Vegas says yes, plus 600, no, minus 1,200. So, uh you know, I'm thinking there's a pretty good chance we might see a tear. The the rule is you have to clearly see a tear. What are you thinking about that? That sounds like an arbitrage opportunity right there. Yeah. Plus 600 for yes. I know. You got to take a yes, right? I, You're I, definitely I, not taking no. No. I, I think there's a very, very good chance that, that we see that. Uh, next question I got for you is, how many times will dab or dabbing be said by the announcers during the broadcast? Over two or under two? I'm going over two for sure. Oh, that hurts my head to think about. <laughs> but yeah, you got to say over. They got to do. You know, you're going to get your obligatory cam stories about five times oh, throughout at, the game. At least, at least. And you know, Cam's going to dab at some point. <laughs> I'm expecting at least one Superman and at least one dab. So gotta Absolutely. go. Gotta go with the over there. I think you got to go with the over there. 
Next one. If Steph Curry is shown on TV during the broadcast, what will he be wearing? Personalized Carolina Steph Curry jersey, 1-1 to odds. No jersey, 2-1 to odds. Cam Newton jersey, 3-1 to odds. Any other Carolina jersey, 5-1 to odds. Personally, I know him and Cam are boys. I got to go with the Cam jersey. I know, I just think that's what he's going to be repping. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best bet there because you get the odds a little bit better. Um, I was liking the Curry jersey. The personalized Curry jersey yeah. until we got to that one. Um, you know, as a as a Jordan kid, I think it would be awesome if he, you know, pulls a fast one, wears a Thomas Davis jersey to support the dude with the broken arm playing in the Super Bowl. That that uh, that's actually one of the bets. Uh, so Thomas Davis, actually from your school, you know, fantastic linebacker his whole career. The over under on how many tackles will Thomas Davis make? Five tackles. What are you thinking? over can't bet can't bet against him yeah you know he's got a broken arm so i guess the thinking there is you know maybe he like tries to make a tackle or something and then the coaches are like all right man well you have a broken arm so come out but that man's got some heart and you can tell he really really wants to be in this game so you know i think he's gonna i think he's gonna put up a really really good fight so you know, Sam, awesome. Loved having you on, man. Guys, you can check them out at all the places I, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. They got an awesome thing going over the, going on over there at their blog. Really, really good insight. Sam, I appreciate you coming on, man. Look forward to talking to you soon. Absolutely. See you again. See you, man.